Thank you, Becca. And we, we put out the tissues this morning for, uh, for moms who might need them after a song like that. That was awesome. That was awesome. And uh, this morning, um, some of you might know this, most of you don't, um, beyond Mother's Day, this day is also special to me, and it's special to my wife, Emily, who's in the back um, helping take care of the children this morning, because it's our anniversary. It is our one-year anniversary today, and uh, we made it. Claim all the victories you can, you know? Uh, we made it, and um, so it's our one-year anniversary today, and this weekend we had the chance uh, to get away on Friday night and go to High Falls Lake, um, not too far away, and just relax a little bit and look at photo albums and how young and wild and free we were back in the day. And, you know, we, uh, we ate the top of our wedding cake. Did anybody do that where you saved the top layer of the wedding cake? It looked terrible, but it actually tasted pretty good. Um, it had been frozen all year long, so we ate the wedding cake. We're looking at the photo albums and revisiting old, old marriage stuff and um, came across this stack of little cards. And um, these cards at the top, they say, A Prayer for Emily and Jonathan. And what these are is during our wedding ceremony, we had a time during the service where um, people could fill out these cards and they could write down prayers that they had for us and for our marriage. And so um, we got these cards and our plan was to, to pray one of them each day because we had a lot of them. And so we took some on the honeymoon, we, uh, we packed them up, and then each day on the honeymoon we'd wake up and we'd pray these prayers together that people had lifted up for us. And then we, we moved into her apartment while I was in kind of in transition last year before I moved here, and we prayed the prayers, and then we moved down here, and um, things were good, things were kind of crazy, you know, with life, moving around all sorts of different ways. And um, we were like, okay, we need prayer in the midst of this transition, and then in the midst of the transition... And we started staying up late, getting the house all together. We started, you know, as every couple does, we started having favorite TV shows on Netflix. So we started staying up late. And then we started sleeping in, you know, to the last possible minute until Emily had to go and commute. And what we realized on this anniversary, on this Mother's Day weekend, is that we had this huge stack of prayers that people had written for us that kind of just faded into the background and that we hadn't, that we hadn't prayed this year. And this weekend, as we were kind of revisiting these and committing ourselves to start praying them again, I couldn't help but think that's how a lot of us are in our life of prayer. When there's a new year, we're excited and we're like, it's a new year, it's a new me, new prayer life, and then the end of January comes and things kind of fade out. Or maybe moms, you might relate to this, right? You, you go to the hospital and they literally hand you a human being that, that, that you've never had before, and you don't know how to take care of them. You don't exactly know what to do. And so what do you do? You pray. You pray for guidance and for wisdom, for, for God to help you. And then you have a second child, and what happens? You're like, well, you know, it's not my first rodeo, and so you don't pray as much. And then I'm a third child, and so I know what that's like, right? The third child, you just tell the nurse, give them a bag of diapers and a pacifier, and let's go home. Let's get out of here, right? But as we go on in life, things kind of fade, and we can get busy in our prayer life can fade into the background. And what happens is a lot of us, we find ourselves only going to God in prayer when there's something new or when there's a crisis or when there's a difficulty or when we've tried everything else except for prayer. And Craig Groeschel, who's a pastor of Life Church out in Oklahoma, reflecting on this reality that so many of us have experienced in our lives, he says that a lot of us, for all practical purposes, 
A lot of us live as Christian atheists, people who believe in God, but who don't always live out our faith. We live as if he didn't exist. We believe in God, but then we trust in ourselves. We believe in God, but we only go to him when we're in desperate need. And as I've been thinking about all this, I couldn't help but be reminded of James as we're kind of ending our journey in the book of James this morning. Because James has similar words. If you remember, he says, faith, unless it's put into action, is dead. The right, the right beliefs in your head, the right beliefs in your heart, if you're not living them out, if they're not making a difference in your life or in the lives of other people, well, then your faith is really worthless. And so we've been challenged week after week to put our faith into action by loving and serving all people, by controlling our tongues, by serving other people. And now, finally, in this final chapter of James, James gives one final challenge, one final way that we can put our faith into action, and that is through prayer. And so this morning, we're going to be looking at James chapter 5, at this final section in James, and some of his words beginning in verse 13. So if you have your Bible, I invite you to open up as we hear these words from from his letter to these early Christians. <clears throat> if you don't have a Bible, we have some at the Welcome Center. That's a, that's a gift from us to you. And so I want to read these words from James to you this morning. He says this, Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up, and if they have sinned, they'll be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. For the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And Elijah was a human being, even as we were, even as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it wouldn't rain. And it didn't rain on the land for three and a half years. And again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. I love how he speaks to us such a variety of situations. And, and this Mother's Day weekend, I know that in this room, we bring with us a variety of emotions and a variety of situations. And so he starts off in verse 13. <clears throat> he says this. He says, is anyone among you in trouble? Let them try to figure it all out on their own, and then if they can't, complain about it. It's a Jonathan Anderson version, right? No, that's not what he says. That's what we do. That's what we do each day. No, he says, what does he say? He says, let them pray. And here the word in the Greek for troubles, it's, it's an expansive word. It means if you're facing trials, if you're suffering, if you're facing difficulties in your life, James is saying pray. And then he continues. He moves on in verse 13. He says, is anyone happy? Let them post about it on Facebook and Instagram for the world to see. No, that's not what it says. That's what we do. That's okay. But James says this. If you're happy, if you're cheerful, if you have joy in your heart, let them sing songs of praise to God. And I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but when we gather every Sunday morning, the, the time of singing, it's not just like a warm-up for the sermon. It's just as important as the sermon because this is a time where we get to sing songs of praise. We get to offer prayers to God 
through the form of a song. We get to worship Him as we sing songs of praise, thanking Him for the gift of life and for every good gift that He's given to us. That's what God calls us to do. And then James continues. He gives another life situation. He says, Is anyone among you sick? Let them immediately go to the minute clinic and get patched up. And then if the minute clinic is busy, then try your home remedies. And then if your home remedies don't work, then get on your knees and pray to God. That's not what it says. That's what we do. No, he says, is anyone sick? And this time he doesn't say, just pray for yourself. He says, come before the church and have people pray with you, for you, over you, and anoint you with oil so that you may be healed. And sick here, it's an all-encompassing word. Physical sickness. Spiritual sickness. Mentally, you're tired, you're burned out. If you just feel like there's nothing in your heart or, or you're hurting physically, saying, look, if you're sick, come before God and receive prayer. And, and really what James is saying here is he's saying to you and to me, no matter what situation we're faced, prayer should be our first response instead of our last resort. Prayer should be our first response instead of our last resort. And that's because James knows that as we pray, God does two things. He does more than two things, but he does two things particularly. He grows us and he gives to us. As we pray, God grows us and he gives to us. He grows us because when we come before God in prayer and we say, God, I can't do this on my own. I wasn't created to do this on my own. When we come to God with that utter dependence... And that humility, God grows us in humility. When we come before God and we're communicating with God and we're talking with the creator of the universe, we grow in love because we realize that the God who created us loves and wants to have a relationship with you and with me, with simple people like us. We grow in love and as we bring him our joys and everything going on in our life, he grows us in gratitude. He grows us spiritually as we pray, but he doesn't just grow us spiritually. He also gives to us. James 4.2 says this. You do not have because you do not ask God. Amen? You do not have because you do not ask God. And here James, remember, is the brother of Jesus. Here he's simply echoing the teachings of his brother. And Jesus, if you read in the gospel, has some very bold teachings on prayer. And we read this in Matthew chapter 7. Jesus said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the doors will be opened. This is what Jesus says about prayer. This is what James reminds us about prayer. And James gives us a couple specific things that God wants to give us in prayer. He says God wants to give us forgiveness. And he also says that God wants to give us healing. But beyond those gifts, there's a lot of things that God wants to give us. God wants to give us compassion. God wants to provide for our needs. God wants to restore relationships in our families. God wants us to have a greater revelation of who He is. He wants to give us boldness to go and share our faith with other people. God wants to give us many, many things as we go to Him in prayer because we serve a generous God and a giving God. 
We serve a generous God and a giving God who created the world, who created you and me. He sent his son. He gave his one and only son, Jesus, to us and to this world. He wants to grow us and he wants to give to us, but a lot of us never experience the gifts and the growth that he wants for us because we don't ask. We don't ask. Paul Miller, who's a Christian writer, in his book on prayer, he said, there's a couple common pitfalls that we fall into when it comes to prayer. And he says, one of them is that we simply don't ask God for things. We don't ask God for things. And when we're not asking God for things, really there's a level of separation between us and God. We're not asking and we're not receiving. And he says, look, if that's where you find yourself, and there's a lot of reasons why you might find yourself there. You might not believe in God. You might have a lack of faith. Maybe you've, you've prayed prayers before and you felt like God didn't answer them. Maybe you, you just aren't sure what to say to God or what you're allowed to ask for or not allowed to ask for. Maybe you just have a lot of confusion about prayer and so you're simply not asking. And, and so he says the antidote of this is where you find yourself is to follow the words of Jesus and to ask boldly. Say that with me. Ask boldly. That's what he says is one pitfall of prayer, is that we don't ask, and so he says, ask boldly. And then he says, on the other side is another pitfall we fall into. And he says, this is when we're asking selfishly. In James chapter 4, verse 3, he says this. He says, when you ask, you don't receive, because you ask with the wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your own pleasures. And this is the pitfall we fall into when we're, we're treating God like a, a divine vending machine. Where we go to God and we demand what we want from Him when we want it, and we want it right now. We just want to punch that button and get it. And when we do that, there's not a separation between us and God. It's us putting ourselves over God. And it's us demanding things from God. And so he says that's another common pitfall. And the antidote to that, if that's where you find yourself a lot of times... He said the antidote is to surrender completely. Say that with me. Surrender completely. And, and so we have over here, we need to ask boldly. And over here, we also need to surrender completely. And when we put those two together, we're on the proper pathway of prayer, the way of prayer that Jesus taught us. I don't know if you remember one of his final prayers in the Garden of Gethsemane. Just hours before his agonizing death, Jesus prayed this. He said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me. He's asking boldly. But at the same time, he's surrendering completely because if you keep going in the prayer, you read this. Yet not what I will, but what you will. Asking boldly and surrendering completely. That's the path of prayer that God calls us down. And it's hard to keep these in balance sometimes. But James and Jesus are calling us to pray in the name of Jesus, in the, name, in the way of Jesus, with the heart of Jesus. He's calling us to go down this pathway. And I can't sit up here today and give you some exact formula for getting what you need or what you want in prayer because there's not a formula. There's not a formula, and there's a lot of mystery to prayer. 
And, and I can't explain why God does heal some people instantaneously and why other people are healed instantaneously when they step into eternity. Or why some pray- prayers are answered seemingly quickly and some seemingly never go answered. I, I don't know. There's not a formula to prayer because prayer is really about us opening up our hearts to God so that God's heart can come down into us. It's about us communicating with Him, us being in a relationship with Him. And as we're communicating with Him, as we're in this relationship, He commands us to ask boldly while at the same time surrendering completely. God wants us to be a people of prayer. And if this is something that you want for yourself, if you want to become a person of prayer, someone who prays not just as a last response to things, but someone who prays as a first priority, if that's who you want to be, there are a few things I would encourage you to do as you begin to cultivate this life of prayer inside of you. And if you're taking notes, you can write these three things down. That is find a time for prayer, a place for prayer, and a space for prayer. A time for prayer, a place for prayer, and a space for prayer. Because a lot of us, we only go to God in our crises moments because we're so busy with everything going on in our lives, we don't think to go to God on a daily basis. But if we have a set-apart time, a dedicated time, each day when we go before God, then we're more likely to bring before Him everything in our lives, the highs, the lows, the mundane, the exciting. We're going to bring Him everything because we have that dedicated time with Him. And I know this is hard, right? Especially moms, as we're honoring you today, I know, it's crazy. So maybe this is when the baby's down for a nap. Maybe that's your few minutes. Maybe it's before everybody gets up in the morning, or maybe it's right before you go to bed when everything is finally a little bit quiet. I know some people, their time for prayer, it's on their lunch break. Or it's, it's in the carpool line, right? Eyes open, phone down. Carpool line prayer, it's okay. You just got to find the time that works for you, ideally a time that can be consistent in your life. And then find a place. Find a place where you can go before God in prayer, ideally a place that's free from distractions. Maybe this is, uh, you know, your big lazy boy chair in the living room before everybody gets up. Maybe this is your literal closet because everybody in your house is always trying to get a hold of you and always trying to get you to do something, to make a sandwich, to clean something, to cut the grass. Maybe you need your literal closet. Go in there for prayer, a place without distraction. I know people who will go to their car and just sit in their car and pray because it's the only place at work or during the day that they can have some solitude. I I don't know where your place is, but try and find a place. And then I'd encourage you to find a space for your prayers. And now this might be a little different for some of you. But I would encourage you to find a place where you can write down your prayers or write down the things that you're praying for, your prayer requests. Because what happens when we write down our prayers is, is one, it oftentimes slows our minds. And that's one of the common barriers to prayer that I hear is that, that our, our minds are going a million miles an hour. Our phones are buzzing. There's so many distractions. And one way to help lower the distractions is to simply write out your prayers to God. And as you write them out, what you'll discover is you'll be able to see more clearly, am I asking boldly? Am 
I surrendering completely? Or am I asking selfishly? When you write them down, you'll be able to kind of see that. But maybe writing down your, your prayers isn't your thing, but I would at least encourage you to write down the things that you're praying for, to make lists, because what happens is we pray for something to happen in our lives. We pray for God to provide. We ask Him for something. And then we forget that we asked, and then six weeks later, it happens, and we feel like we just accomplished something big because we've forgotten that we've asked God. But when we've written down our prayer request, then we can look back and we can see God's faithfulness, and we can celebrate, and we can rejoice at what He's done. And when we're writing down our prayer requests, when somebody says, hey, will you pray for me? And we say, hey, praying for you, we actually do it. We have a reminder And we don't just do it one time, but we can do it day in and day out. I would encourage you to find a place for your prayers. And and this morning, in honor of of Mother's Day and in honor of all of the women who serve so selflessly to so many others as spiritual mothers, as stepmothers, as grandmothers and beyond, we actually want to give you a gift today. And so we have a gift for for all the women in the room, because we know you serve in so many ways, um, and they're actually going to be passed out now. We have a custom Harvest Point prayer journal that we want to give you today. So we'll we'll pass those out, so you you can pass the baskets down. This is, you know, usually we we take stuff up in the baskets. This time we're giving stuff out in the baskets. This is called a reverse offering. Um, And so we want to give one um, to every woman in the room. You can pass them around, take one, and it has a little pin in it. It has that space. That's a gift from us so that it can be a place for your prayers. So that you can begin recording them, recording what you're praying for, so that you can begin celebrating and seeing God's faithfulness through your prayers. And as you're, as you're, you're, you're putting prayers in there, prayer requests in there, we hope that you won't just be praying for yourselves. And guys, you can buy your own prayer journal, okay? Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Actually, we're not sorry. Buy your own prayer journal. But we hope you'll not only pray for yourself, but you'll also pray for other people. That you'll pray for the people in this church and in this body because we want to be a church of prayer for one another. We want to be a church where it's normal to go up to somebody and say, hey, can you pray for me? I need some prayer today. We want to be a church where it's normal where we can go up to each other and say, hey, can I pray for you? today. And I don't know if y'all know this, but we, we actually have a prayer team that, that prays for our church. Every Sunday morning at about 945 in the kids area, we have a team that gathers and that prays for every single one of you who are coming in to worship on Sunday morning. They pray for us every Sunday morning. And we have a team of prayer warriors as well. You ever, you ever see the little connect card, right? You get tired of me talking about the connect card every week. Connect card, connect card, put your prayer requests on it. We don't just put those prayer requests in the office. We type them up and we email them out to our prayer warriors, our prayer team. And people pray for those requests day in and day out. We have over 70 people on our prayer team. We want to be a place of prayer because James says, look, we need to pray for one another as well. Pray over one another and pray with one another. And now it's interesting, these connect cards, we get a lot of varieties of things to pray for. We get a lot of different requests because, look, James is saying, hey, pray about everything. Bring everything before God. And so we get a lot of different requests. And recently, 
we got a request on one of the Connect cards for a car. Which, right, that's kind of crazy, right? Like, hey, I'm having car trouble. And a lot of us are like, what? You can't pray about a car? Like, that's, that's weird, you know? I... But the prayer request came in. It was from Deborah Yarnell over here. And she said, look, I'm having a lot of trouble with my car. I've been investing money in it. And you know what? Deborah needs a car to serve other people because Deborah comes every Sunday morning at about 9.15 and she bakes those biscuits and fixes the coffee for us, right? So we want her to have a car. <laughs> We want her to have a car, and she works retail, and so it's important for her to have a car so that she can get to work on time, so that she can, she can care for her family in that way. And so she submitted one of these Connect cards, and here's what her Connect card said. It said, I've been having a lot of car issues lately, and after a large investment in my current car, the engine blew. Now I'm looking for another car or engine while I pay for the current loan. James says, you're facing trouble? Pray. So she submitted the prayer request. We typed it up. We sent it out. And then as I was praying for the prayer request, I remembered that a few weeks back I had breakfast with Chuck and Angie Vitter. And they said, hey, our hope and our prayer is that our business that helps deal with cars and auto parts and stuff can be a blessing for other people. And so I forwarded them Deborah's prayer request. I said, hey, just wanted y'all to pray for this. Just wanted to let you know. And through a crazy way that God worked, through uh, some stuff that Deborah had that, that could be traded, through all sorts of different things, we got this praise report the next week from Deborah. It said, praise. God is able to do beyond all we can imagine or think. Thank you for your prayers. God has provided us an engine. And God has also provided for the installation of the engine through a mechanic who's willing to put the engine in exchange for help with yard work. God has provided even more than I ever imagined. Praise God. Praise God, right? We serve a God who wants us to bring everything that's going on in our lives to Him in prayer as a first response not as a last resort and the way God provided for Deborah he wants to provide for you he wants to help grow you he wants to give to you and James reminds us of this as he closes out this section on prayer by mentioning Elijah and he says look many of you you're familiar with Elijah the people he, were, he was writing to they would have known all the stories about him he says like you think he's super holy you think he has all these super spiritual powers. He says, but Elijah was a human just like you and me. And he says, Elijah offered humble prayers. He prayed that it wouldn't rain and it didn't rain. And then years later, he prayed that it would rain and it did rain. And James is saying once again, ask, seek, knock. So we know this morning that people are in a lot of different situations in life. Maybe you came in this morning and you were really excited to be here and you have happiness and joy in your heart. Maybe you're troubled today. Maybe you're physically sick or you're spiritually tired. You're just exhausted with life. I don't know where you are. 
But God is saying, come. Pray. Open up your heart to me. And I don't know what you need in your life. Maybe it's restoration and relationships. Maybe it's, it's healing for your health. Maybe you need forgiveness. Maybe you don't even know where to start with prayer or, or with, with God. And as we've talked about God's great love for us and all of this, that you've never experienced that love in your heart. You don't have a relationship with Jesus and you have a desire to start that today. Maybe that's a need you have. I don't know your needs, but you know exactly what you need. And God is saying, come to me, bring it before me in prayer. That's our privilege. And that is the honor that we have, that the God of the universe wants to communicate with us. And so during our, our final song, we're going we're gonna to extend it as long as we need to, but we're going to have a time of prayer. And so I'd invite you, if you want to come up here and, and kneel at, at this altar with your spouse, with your family, and you want to pray together, we'd invite you to do that. If you want to sit in your seat and, and just pray for yourself, and have some focus there. We invite you to that. If you want to, as James says, sing songs of praise. As the band is singing, we want you to sing out loud. Nobody here judges anybody else on how they sing, right? Otherwise, we'd all be condemned. Not, not really. Just kidding. Just kidding. Not, not really. No offense, worship team. Um, we want to give you that space to pray, to ask, to seek, to knock. But we don't want you to just do it on your own. We also want to try to live out these verses in James. Because James doesn't just talk about praying for ourselves. He also talks about being prayed for or being prayed over. And so we're going to have some elders of the church, some, some respected leaders in our church. And, and we're going to have someone in each corner of the worship center. And they're going to be available to pray for you, to pray with you. Maybe you don't even know what to say or what to ask for. You don't even have words this morning. Maybe you just want to be prayed for. We're going to be available to pray for you. And you can simply just come to one of us that you feel comfortable with or, or wherever um, there's availability and receive prayer. And James also talks about being anointed with oil. And now this might be kind of new or different from some of you, but we want to offer that to you this morning as well. And so at each of these prayer stations, we're going to have oil and, and we're just going to have, it's like a little thimble of oil. And if you'd like to be anointed, we'll take a little bit and we'll make the sign of the cross on your forehead. And the oil is simply a symbol. It's a symbol of the Holy Spirit and God at work in you. And in the Old Testament, oil was used to consecrate people and things. And to consecrate means to be set apart or set aside for God's work or God's special attention. And so we'd be happy and we'd be honored to anoint you with oil and to set you apart for God's work and for God's special attention this morning. You can simply request that and we'll do that for you. And then finally, James also in here, he talks about confession. He talks about confessing our sins to other people. And a lot of us, we, we confess our sins to God and when we confess our sins to God through Jesus Christ, we have access to forgiveness and salvation. But there's also something powerful about when we confess our sins to other people, confessing them to people we've wronged and asking for their forgiveness, or 
simply confessing the sins we've done to other people, confessing them to others in the church. Because when we confess our sins to other people, they can remind us that in the name of Jesus, when we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and he will forgive us. And they can remind us of the great forgiveness that we have from God. They can speak that verbally over us. And so maybe you want to confess something today. I don't know. All I know is that wherever you are, God wants a relationship with you through prayer. And he wants you to bring every need before him this morning. So as we begin this time together, I I invite you to, to join in a spirit of prayer as we sing and as we pray together and by ourselves. So let's pray. Almighty God, we thank you that you want a relationship with us, that you want us to give you everything going on in our lives, that you want to speak to us, that you want to grow us, and that you want to give to us. And so, God, we pray in these final moments of our worship together that you would grow us and that you would give us exactly what we need this day. Holy Spirit, speak to us, guide us, heal us, sustain us as we now pray together.